Welcome back to the BEP. I know I had yet another terrible week in fantasy, so the less I talk about myself, the better. Uh, who, I think Miller, did you top score for us? Oh, no, it was Nug, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, it would have been Nug. I had a mediocre week. How, yeah, how'd you go, Nug? Yeah, not too bad. 2058. Um, I think that's still slightly below par, but I did jump about 7,000 spots, so we're climbing into where we, we sort of need to be. Lots of ups and downs throughout the weekend, pretty emotional, but yeah, not too bad. How'd you go, Miller? Uh, yeah, kind of a uh, middle of the road week. I had a lot of, uh, it's annoying fantasy, I had a lot of like 80s and 90s and my team was like nothing, which, you know, they aren't bad scores, but you get a heap of them and you just get a kind of pretty poo total score. So I think I finished with like 1999. Good year, though. Uh, still beat a, yeah, solid Solid, uh, you know, about millennial bug um, issues from that. That was fun. I remember that. Um, but yeah, nothing score. I beat a few people in the in the classic leagues, um, but not too many. Uh, had a pretty average draft week too. Kind of just a, yeah, not a not a fantastic week, but uh, I beat Doe in classic anyway. He smashed me in the bet league. Yeah, I'm a bit of a bet leagues. I'm becoming a bit of a draft master. That's probably the only thing I can hang my hat on. Funny fact that me and Nug were both born in 1999, so maybe there's oh, something okay. in that's that why for you. That's why it was such a good year. Yeah, it could be. You, yep. uh, you I could, won't get it again. You could go 2,400 this week because of that. I hope so. Uh, well, yeah, you said you had lots of 80s and 90s. I had lots of 40s, 50s, and 60s, so it was an absolute dog shit week for me. And um, Yeah, I know we, we don't like to downplay the achievements of anyone, but Roy before has talked about the 10K club, and I'm sure there's a 20K club. I'm sure there's a 30K club. I'm sure there's a 40K club, but I'm in the 50K club at the moment and struggling, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, week one, I had a, I had a few excuses. I was brutalized by injuries, but yeah, right now there's there's some decisions I made that have not come off, and uh, uh, yeah, that's probably I generally don't like talking about my team on Twitter anyway because I never see anyone talk about their team and actually care about it. But uh, yeah, certainly been keeping quiet about my fortunes so far. What K club are you sitting at, Nook? Uh, what a six and a half K, myself. Yeah, you're, you're top ranked for us. I'm at 14. Right. Down from 21 odd. Oh, that's pretty good. I think I was at like 3,000 last week, so I'm out by 3,500. Still in a good spot. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, yeah, I'm the team of the people. Uh, we're going to come. If anyone's in the 50K club, let us know. We'll, we'll move together. Uh, yeah, but struggling. So, uh, heroes and villains, um, fire away, Miller. Uh, for me, it's got to be, yeah, one of, one of my two trades last week. I traded in LDU, and he just came out on uh, on haircut debut and went bang and put out, what did he get, like a 123, I think, yeah. from memory. Yeah, so pretty happy with that. Um, yeah, I'm looking for him again this week, actually, to go big. I think he's playing... I can't remember the Hawks from memory, yeah. yeah, so they give away big points. So half inclined to put the C on him this week. Little spoiler for later. Doug, what do you got for a hero? Uh it has to be Setterfield on debut with the big nice. I have to admit I thought he'd maybe be like a ninety, maybe ninety five max guy. Thought maybe round one could have been his biggest score for the season and I may have missed it, but I was still pretty keen. Uh and yeah, to get a one thirty on debut was unbelievable. Looks like a smash pick. Yeah, it hurts. We got to find the audio of when I was pumping him up in December, and you were calling me an idiot, Miller. But uh, yeah, I might have done. I'm sure I can find some other audio. 
you, you pumped up Atkins a lot. <laughs> yeah, true. I should be careful what I wish for. But the only thing that I probably did well this week was trade in Zabel. So he has to be the hero for me. But uh, I don't want anyone in my team getting too far ahead of themselves. So we'll move straight on to the villains. So Miller. Uh, yeah, a couple of um, possibilities for villains. I could have slashed uh, my old mate Finn Callahan, which I might have to jump off this week. Um, but I think I also could have gone Darcy, but yeah, he wasn't, that wasn't really his fault. It was a kind of coaching issue. Uh, he was still poo, so he doesn't get away scot-free. Um, but I, I'm just going to have to go McRae. Uh, he was rubbish. Fortunately, I didn't captain him, but yeah, he's in the gun this week as well. Don't know whether I trade him, but certainly unhappy. Cool. What did you get for villain snug? Uh, so I know you you mentioned Sean Darcy as be, not being his fault, and I do agree. JL sucks, and he, uh, quite frankly, I think he's pooing himself over what to do with Jackson and Darcy. He feels a lot of pressure, considering how much they're both getting paid. But yeah, Sean, not bloody good enough. I'm not going to trade you out this week, but I expect you to give West Coast an absolute bath. If Flinny goes 110, I expect 150. Um, yeah, not fucking good enough, Sean. Yeah, they've got... Well, I'll talk about it when we talk about Freo on my thoughts on that whole situation. But yeah, piss week from Darcy. Um, I haven't got it in me to properly bake anyone this week, but I'm just going to probably just say Ridley. Just 64 is just disgusting from from someone that I picked thinking he had like real upside. And it's hard this week because he's playing the Saints. He, he makes himself tempting to keep, but he drops so many marks that he should have held on to. I'm just going to get more mad if I keep going. So, <laughs> were you, uh, were you banking in. on Redmond kind of going away? Yeah, and just Ridley, like, I don't know. Like, if he held the inter- – he literally dropped, like, three or four marks he should have held on to um, that would have helped. But he's just not taking any intercepts. He just keeps dropping them. So his points are only coming from switches and stuff. Uh, yeah, concerns, big concerns, but yeah, let's, we'll move, maybe we'll talk about some trade out options at the end or something. So yeah, well, let's go on to bold predictions with Nug. Yeah, cool. So, uh, I'll go over an honorable mention first. That was since I got gone. He said, uh, Hopper to get a fantasy ton. So he's right about that. The only reason it didn't win is because it wasn't as bold as the guy who did win. And that was, uh, DG. This one was pretty good. Sarong, 105+, plus. Carlton beat the Cats, and uh, Horn Francis, sub-75. What do we reckon about that? Solid. So what did Sarong get? 115-odd. Okay, yeah, that's pretty solid. And yeah, yeah Horn Francis was poo. I enjoyed Very that. Poo. I would say it was middling boldness, but considering he made three predictions and they all came true, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, for the bad one, I'm going to have to take my hat off. That was me this week, lads. Bloody awful for me. So my predictions were uh, Laddams to go 115. He scored yeah. 68. Newcomb to have 15 tackles. He's, he had four. And the Hawks <laughs> to win. And, yeah, the Hawks lost by 81 points. So, yeah, pretty average for me. Speaking of you being bad, how bad is Sam Berry? Oof, what's going on there? Yeah, I think we need to take him down. Well, he he's my like cover photo on Twitter. I think I need to take him down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I pumped him up as well. And he's average. He's just not tackling. He's not yeah. getting ball. He's not doing a lot of on. anything, really. No. Yeah. Good thing I didn't buy him in, in Bep League. Yeah, I did. Big trouble. Yep. Do you want him? 
Uh, for cheap? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Barry's ruined a draft league for me. Uh, should have a win on the board, but had him captain for his Ooh, 36 in round one. Yuck. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, now it's time to talk about some of the injuries. So starting at the Crows, probably the only fantasy relevant news is that Matt Crouch is probably available this week. Whether or not he plays AFL or Sandful is up to the selectors. But yeah, it sounds like he'll be back. Um, probably one impact from that I'll take. It. So my little birdies are telling me that Zach Taylor at the Crows is getting really close to making... His debut has been carving up the sandful lately. And, uh, yeah, he's like 200K midfielder. So if he can get in soon, like in a couple weeks, that'd be really good. But, yeah, Crouch might impact that. Probably don't need to ask you guys anything about that one. But uh, with Kitty Coleman-Miller, it sounds like he's back for the Lions this week. Do you have any idea who might come out for him? Uh, it'd be a straight in, straight out. So who was it, Payne, or whoever was came in last week? So I think Dara I'd, Joyce came in. Yeah, you'd imagine they'd just switch back to, to close to their Brown 1 team in terms of defence anyway. They might keep um, whoever else they brought in. Um, but yeah, it'll be a, whoever came out for him would go straight back, you'd imagine. Yeah, it would just be interesting with the land of the Giants that we have uh if you'll be, because then Payne and Andrews are sort of the only tools. If Joyce doesn't play, I don't think we're worried about you guys. You guys are trash. <laughs> Ooh, I'm gonna definitely click that. If <laughs> yeah, it might it might come back to hurt me. That's true. We were bad round one. Well, either way, I'll get my money's worth with Dunkley. And any bulldog sporter who booed Zane Cordy last week is an absolute moron. That guy gave our club everything he could, and we didn't want much from him in return. So. Yeah, they, they can get stuffed. But, uh, yeah, let's talk about Carlton. Georgie Hewitt is back this week, and um, Nug might have you off guard a bit here, but Ed Kerner absolute, was probably Carlton's best player on the ground last week. Do you think Hewitt squeezes him back out of the midfield, or what do you, what do you think will go on there? Is Matty Kennedy in some trouble? <laughs> um, Matt Kennedy, my boy, he's not going anywhere. Um, but, yeah, I think Ed Kerner will drop a little bit. I th- if I'm correct, I reckon he was like their highest CBA attendee last week. Um, I can't. I'm not sure if he was doing a job or what the go was there, but he was very good, and I think he has to still get time in there. Um, and he's always been that good when he's in there. He sort of hasn't really aged in in that way. He sort of just fell out of favour for whatever reason. But yeah, I think at least until Walsh is back, he's probably earned himself at least like a fifty percent midfield role. What's his job security like, at least for the year? Because I've been looking at him from a kind of draft point of view. Just wondering if I should pick him up off the waiver. So, the relevance with Kerno in round one at three-quarter time, he got sent to Prestia for the last quarter. Howard Prestia to one disposal. Uh, Prestia tore the game in the part in the third quarter of that match. Had, like, four center clearances and, uh, like, a bunch of contested possessions in the third. Like, he, he wasn't, like... Herculean, but he was playing really well. And then last week against the Cats, he tagged Guthrie from the start of the game. Um, absolutely blanketed him. So they moved Guthrie to the halfback line in the third quarter where he actually got heaps of the ball and probably ended up hurting Calden more than if he wasn't getting tagged in the midfield. But uh, yeah, he sh- completely shut down Guthrie and then found heaps of it himself. So the reason I guess I'm asking about whether he stays in there is that Carlton played GWS this week and well yeah we'll get to it when we get to the Giants in the injury list but by all reports Cully will play would he be the most likely tag candidate if Kerno stays in 
Nug? Um, I don't know. Like, Jinbi went to green a little bit last week. I don't think it was a full-on tag, but he definitely gave him a bit of attention, and that seemed to work pretty well. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised, considering the sort of, like, player Kerno is if he does go to green. Um, yeah, it's hard to say. It'd be green or Kelly, I would have thought. Cogs will get a free run. Um, but, yeah, green seems to be the one they went to last week. Obviously, Kelly was out, so it's, it's hard to say. What do you reckon, Miller? Big... Yeah, it looks like green, especially if they're going to make an impact. Um, annoyingly, for me putting the captain on green last week, um, yeah, I reckon it'll be green. Yeah, big flags. Um, there's nothing really fantasy relevant with Collingwood. With the Bombers, I guess the only fantasy relevant thing is that it looks like Stringer is going to return this week and he might return into a role with some CBAs. Does it, do you reckon it affects set of field at all, Nug, or not really? No, it can't. He's everything that they've needed for years in that midfield. He had 90% on the weekend, which is just unbelievable. Yeah. No, fair enough. Uh, for Frio, so what I wanted to talk about with them, so... I don't know I, if this would surprise me, but maybe the reason that Darcy was starting forward a bit more was uh, because Fife wasn't there and they wanted more of the option that you can just plug in on someone's head and hope they mark it, um, they which isn't really the forward Fife is. Like Maybe that's got something to do with it. Maybe the other thing that's got to do with it is that Freo are getting... They're not lose, like getting smashed in the clearances this year. They're getting like flat out annihilated in there, which... Their game style is built upon winning the ball in the midfield. Um, so that might have something to do with it. But like Fife's back this week. Hopefully that means Jackson goes forward for Darcy. Uh, Mitchie Duncan, it sounds like he could be back this week. Miller, do you have any interest in him from a classic point of view, with, especially with Stewart um, out, or is it too risky? Not in week one, yeah. I'd want to see what he what he's going to do. Yeah, I tend not to pick anyone up in their week coming back from injury. It's just a bit too risky you just don't know what they're going to do and they tend to be a bit crapper and then then roll into their work in the second week i will just say on the cats they have an unreal run of games coming up so they've got who was it this week they've got the hawks oh no they've got, they got gold coast don't they? they've got gold coast then they've got the hawks and then they've got oh, the uh, west coast Oops. after that and then oh, sydney oh. which is a bit harder but if he goes well this week he could be one to look at because he's already so. cheaper than what we know he can do yeah. Um, for the Suns, uh, Waller, uh, Waller obviously came back last week. Lemons is going to play this week, but they don't know if it's AFL or VFL. And Will Powell is also uh, up for selection for AFL this week. So does that make us nervous on Constable yet, or should he hold on? We seem to be nervous on Constable every week. I reckon if he's if he's gone through the selection issues the first couple of weeks, he's probably going to stay in the team. We can't be thinking he's going to be dropped every single week, surely. Yeah, I think he was better from a footy perspective on the weekend. I think he's, I reckon he's safe at least for one week with the other guys, and then if they if he plays a bad one, he's probably one to worry about again. Yeah, it's it's not like you know they're playing for bloody Collingwood or Geelong here. We're talking about Gold Coast. <laughs> Who are they going to put in instead? Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't have too many thoughts there. Giants, I don't think we need to talk too much about other than Kelly and Whitfield are probably back this week. But The other um, one of interest is Bruce is still three weeks yeah, away. Two to th- yeah. yeah. Yeah, Flinny dominated, but I mean, everyone Bailey dominates Bailey Williams, so I don't think we can get too excited. But I did consider trading him in and didn't do it, so there you go. Story of my season. <laughs> um, 
Hawks, not a whole lot of fantasy relevant stuff with the injuries. Sounds like Wingard's back this week, but I mean, it, what does that matter? Gorn's out for four to six weeks. So let's talk Grundy for a sec. Um, Miller, are you? A, are you? Would you do it? Like, or is it too risky? Uh, I, I, I haven't checked it out. Let me have a quick look at how much he's priced. I think he's still quite expensive, isn't he? Yeah, eight hundred nine for that value. I wouldn't do it. I don't think he's. He's going to be any huger than like a um, a Sean Darcy or a Wits or anything. I don't think... If he was cheap, her, I'd think about it. But yeah, I don't think there's that much upside. Fair. Uh, yeah, North, Port Adelaide, nothing fantasy relevant. Richmond, the only fantasy relevant stuff is that Hoppers, 50-50 and Short will miss. Dusty is also a test. So off that, I'd say Taranto... Sh- he could be the only midfielder they have left this yeah. week. Uh, he should have a, a monster game. So, I don't know. Miller's going to cover it in the captain's section, but I'd think that he's he's around the conversation for that. Just with North, uh, with the... Did you see that they had uh, Wardlord listed down as conditioning? Yeah. Does that just mean yeah. he's a fatty? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Well, he, so. I think it was like his hamstring. He had it... He'd, uh, sort of been like doing the old what they say rebuilding his hamstrings over the summer uh, so yeah maybe he like didn't do much running because of that or something I don't know um, yeah uh, yeah. so yeah Richmond I covered the Saints um, kind of the injury list remains as big as it's been so I won't go through all of them but Steele obviously is the big news out for four to six weeks I want to ask two questions about that uh, first one, it sounds like Bytale is 50-50 for this week. So, Bytale, 340k. If he came in for steel, he scored 83 in round one. Does he get... If he's playing this week, Nug, does he move into that top five trade options as someone who could be really big for a few weeks? Or would you temper your enthusiasm there? Yeah, I probably wouldn't. If you already had him and you were one of those people that held on to him, I would definitely keep him, but... Um, if he was at his starting price of 300 he, I'd be chuffed with it and I'd be getting him in. But with some of the um, options we have this week, um, I'd be looking elsewhere. Although you could go like, if you, if you need like 60k, 50k, whatever it is to get um, like a Horn Francis to a Zeeble or a Will Day. And what that means is going Callahan down to Bytel, I would probably pull the trigger on that. Yeah, fair. And what I was going to ask you, Miller, with Steele out of that midfield mix, Brad Crouch has been like a perennially big scorer. Could he be set for like a... He's priced really expensive, but could he be set for a huge month? I don't like Brad Crouch, but I've got to say it's a possibility. I don't know who's going to get the midfield ball in there. But I, I did notice that our friend of the pod, Michito Owens, went all right last week, so I might have to keep track of him. Yeah, he, he was very good, to be honest. Um, Swanee's nothing too fantasy relevant here, that, other than Hickey being out for another four weeks. So if you've got Laddams, you can be confident there. Uh, for the Eagles, sort of same blokes are injured. I think Cully, or Cully got injured again in the waffle, so he could be out for a bit longer. And Yo is not, definitely not playing this week and probably... Uh, not next week either, so yeah, he still ages off. For the Bulldogs, um, yeah, Arthur Jones was returned from injury in the VFL last week, and then he's 
Oh, no, I don't think he even played VFL last week. He's just come straight back into the AFL, so his basement price wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole, but he's playing if you need a 200K rookie. And Chalor is a test for this week, probably the only other fantasy-relevant yeah, thing I think out of that. You got well. The Lions and the Dogs are playing on Thursday, so I think that early start's probably going to rule Trelaw out. Yeah, I would I would agree. Uh, but yeah, those, I know we took a while to go through the injury list then, but I think we tried to make... A lot of it is really fantasy-relevant news, uh, and yeah, now the rest of the pod will be talking about the weekend, who to get and who to captain. So we're going to start with who to get. And uh, Nug's got a bit of a list for us that we're going to have a chat about. Yeah, so we'll uh, I'll list. They are in order. I'll list them off, and we'll we'll have a little chat about each of them, sort of what we expect and how urgent they are to get into your team. So number one is Will Setterfield. How do you guys feel about him? Is he's priced at about eighty two now? Uh, personally, I think he's still going to go ninety five plus. Do any of you think that he's sort of um, past the the right picking stage? No, I think you could still pick him in. Obviously, he's not as big a steal as he would have been in round one. Um, but yeah, he's still very good value. Whether or not you go... I've seen a lot of people jumping off premiums and going down to Setterfield. Whether or not you do that, I'm not 100% sure. But yeah, you certainly you look to get him in if you can. Yeah, fair enough. I'm, I'm pretty torn with him. I... Like, he's scoring in all the ways that you need him to. And I think if you miss... He's going to be one of those players, I think, that if you miss the boat on, you're in you're in all sorts of trouble playing catch-up, sort of like Brody in Sicily last year. Uh, but, like, the Bombers, the, the flip side of it is they've had a couple of really soft kills in the first two weeks. So, like, maybe the scoring comes down. The Saints have been pretty okay against midfielders so far, I think. Yeah. Uh, which is who he's playing this week. Like, yeah, Brayshaw is the only... Brayshaw had a 114, and then I think Bailey Smith just got over 100. Yeah, 105 for Bailey Smith last week. So, yeah, they've got the Saints uh, coming up. So, like, oh, yeah. 80, do you say 81? 82, I price? believe it is. Yeah, it's still heaps of value, though. Isn't yeah. It? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think he's a great option if he fits into your team. Yeah. All right. Number two, uh, one I'm almost definitely going to get in, that's Jack Zebel. Where do you stand on him, Miller? Yeah, I am, and we discussed this in the chat previously, I'm just a little concerned, uh, as Lechdog was saying on Twitter, that the Hall issue might come into play. He doesn't get as much ball or points with Hall, and Hall had 38 disposals. Uh, and something like 11 marks or 14 marks or something ridiculous uh, in the VFL on the weekend. So he could be primed to come into the side and make a difference. Uh, but if that doesn't happen, yeah, I think we could we could jump on Zeebel. Uh I don't know if I'd do both of them in the one week, but yeah, certainly I'd be looking at one of those two. Yeah, I well, I, I got Zeebel last week, uh, and... Oh, yeah, Hall's the only flag with him. If Hall's going to stay out of the team, which I think you have probably... Uh, I think you said some good things in the chat about it before, Nug, which you might want to go back over. But if Hall stays out, Zebul is absolutely like every bit of a must-have for me. Yeah, yeah. So with the Hall and Zebul situation, um, the way I see it is that uh, the only way Hall comes in is either if Zebul is injured or if Sheezel goes back to like a half forward sort of role. So 
They've got McDonald and Bergman there. They're sort of their two lockdown smalls. And then Zeebel sort of does it. He's been locking down more than he has in the past, but um, Sheasel is just absolutely unaccountable. Get the footy, get as much usage as you can to sort of help you learn. Um, very similar to how Hall plays when he's in the team. If you were to have him, Zeebel, and uh, Sheasel in the team, there would be just not enough uh, like defenders actually defending, and I reckon they'd suffer for it. Um and I think Paul Curtis is out this week, so maybe Sheasel goes forward, Hall comes in for him there, but I doubt that Hall is really going to get a good crack at it unless there are some injuries. Also with Zeebel, I will just say he's still only priced at 72, so uh, considering what he's been going, I think he, we can sort of pencil in a 90-plus average uh, if he keeps this role, so an insane amount of value with him, I think. All right. Uh, number three, I've still got old mate Chandler here. Um, he's probably the only rookie. Um, I sort of to jump onto a different path. We've, we've for the criteria for who we can put on this list, we've gone players under fifty percent ownership, and I think he's the most important rookie that isn't owned by practically everyone. Um, so I think he's still at about thirty five percent. So he's still going to go up another one hundred and fifty two hundred k. So get him in. I think he's he's spot in the team is pretty safe because he's been playing a really good role for them um and yeah he's still a priority if you don't have him just yet any thoughts on him guys yeah get him in he wasn't as good last week as he was the first week but yeah he's still one of the better performing rookies around and he's still reasonably cheap so i think yeah probably he's the only rookie out of the non-big ones that you would you know really need to chase but yeah get him in yeah, once again, I blame Tom Stewart for me not having him because I put a defender into utility so that I could trade Stewart to Zebel. Uh, and I had Chandler there. Anyway, enough about myself. Uh, yeah, Pickett obviously is only one more week of his suspension, so he's probably the only player that could take Chandler out. But saying that, Chandler has been so good that he might get to stay in the team over like a Harms, for example. Uh, who was absolute dog shit on Thursday night. I think he scored like 14 or something. Yeah, terrible. Um, yeah so, yeah, he he needs to play well this week. I think if Chandler has a bad game this week, and like Harms, Harms was really good in round one, to be fair to him. If Harms plays well then and no one gets injured for Melbourne, then uh, Chandler could be in a wee bit of trouble. But, yeah. Yeah, all right. Number four okay. is uh, Nikki Dacos, fought off a tag, Ooh, yes. which I'm not sure if that was half-assed or what the go was there because he absolutely dominated. I think he had 117 in the end. Um, yeah, get him for the brown low, get him in your fantasy team, get him in your dynasty leagues, just get the man. What do you guys think? Yep, uh, no issues with Dacos. Um, I'm still funny about uh, old mate fancy. What gave us all those explanations as to why we wouldn't pick Dacos and then come out and dominate it. Um, yeah, sorry for the drive-by fancy. Um, I'm sure you've got a, a lot of other stuff right that I don't care to mention. Um, but yeah, Dacos is a gun. Yeah, I wrote about on Nosebleed Charts that I wrote about Dacos from like a footy point of view and I described what he's doing is flabbergasting, knee-wobbling, ground-shaking, awe-inspiring football that is setting the imaginations of the football collective running wild. 
35 touches at 91% in round one. And then this week, moving to the midfield, having 32 touches, 661 meters gained and two snags. Uh, Like what we talked about in the preseason a few times was having fun with fantasy. And I don't see how you could watch a Collingwood game and have any fun. Watch Collingwood are probably the funnest team to watch at the moment. Like if you remove the uh, patriarchal side of football. Um, And... Yeah, like I don't see how you could have fun watching them without having him. His running power is insane. So normally on the Telstra tracker, the guys in meters covered are always wingmen or hardworking half forwards, but not for Dacos. He's always like top two or three, uh, even though he's playing like halfbacker in the midfield, which you never see halfbacks or midfielders in that spot. So yeah, he's just absolutely insane. And I think he'll be like d2 or d3 by season's end i'd have him at number one if you don't have him like the ship will be gone soon lucky jones tried to tag him in the first quarter and a bit and he just was blowing him away so they dropped the tag and dacos moved into the midfield and uh yeah it was just ridiculous what he did yeah he's almost as good as will ashcroft's gonna be in his second year I think he's got you him see, covered by Ashcroft? the length of the Flemington, he's not, mate. He's the youngest ever man to get more than 31 disposals. He didn't do anything else, though. He's pretty good. Yeah. Didn't do anything yeah, for that last 12 minutes. No one did. Yeah, that's true. Um, one more question on Dacos Doe. So the whole talk with him has been, all oh, the tag's coming, the tag's coming. Um, <clears throat> and I'm not sure if he, like... It's pretty rare for a second-year player to be untaggable, but is he untaggable? What do you think? Well, yeah, Lockie Jones tried to tag him. Like, he was wearing him. I was at the game. He was following him everywhere. And then, yeah, Fly moved him into the midfield. And I think Jones went in there, and Jones was such a liability in the midfield that that's probably why the tag stopped because Collingwood were dominating the clearances too. But he even in the first quarter, he was pretty much all halfback, I think. I don't have any stats to back me up on that so don't shoot me but he took like multiple kick-ins and then like he's just so hard to stop from those running chain possessions so uh yeah i don't think he has any like major tags on the horizon like there's no chance richmond tag him there's no chance the lions i don't know the lions have a record of putting berry on people now generally it's always oliver but he would berry give berry the business mate. yeah I don't know. berry berry would be good a great tagger on an inside mid but yeah maybe i can't see him chasing Half-back's around just not a role that people normally tag but I will flag yeah. that to say that Lockie Jones is crap. So if people used a player that wasn't shit to tag him, maybe it'd have more impact. Yeah, keep slagging AFL players, Mel. Yeah, I will. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? What's All right. What? You know right. how to bag people out in this podcast? Jeez. <laughs> no, respect. I respect it. Um, number five on the list is Will Day. Uh, moved into the midfield more than he did the week before. Was Hawks' best player uh, by a long way. He's still priced at sixty nine, I believe. Giggity, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah like we'll do. Yeah. Yep. Um, not too much apart from yeah. You, I, I, he wouldn't really even have been my radar and, and until Yo broke down like the eve of the season and I traded him in because he's roughly the same price. But he's just come out and been very good. Very happy with that four straight. Yeah, he actually had the most clearances for the Hawks on the weekend. So he's uh, he's winning the tough footy as well. And yeah, I, I'm really wrestling with... I have obviously don't have three trades, but I need to get two of Setterfield, Chandler or Day. And I'm pretty 
struggling sleepless nights over what two to get to be honest out of those three and yeah day is just as relevant as those two yeah yeah probably th- chandler out if you were going to go with those three yeah do you say not get chandler yeah, the other two are better than chandler i good but chandler yeah. would be the one to drop for mine i'd get chandler instead of field i think but um, one more thing on day. I listened to, so we know how much Caro hates the Hawks, and she was giving Sam Mitchell a bit of a bake um, over the weekend. And I listened to him, and he was saying how if they hadn't got rid of um, Titch and Jager and Mira, then Will Day wouldn't be in the midfield, and that was like his main point towards getting rid of them. So I think if you had any sort of ifs or buts about his role, that sort of solidifies that he will be like they they plan for him to be a midfielder. That's good to know. Um, I have got one more smoky. Liam Stocker. So, obviously, I uh, got delisted by the Blues. Lots came out about him over the off-season. Silvani has recruited him again, and he's been playing sort of a cushy role off half-back. I think he's had an 83 and a 98. He's priced at about 515. What do you guys think on him? Can he be a good sort of option in the defense? It's an interesting price, I think. I mean, I don't have any reason to bring him in but if we happen to lose someone about that price range yeah I, I wouldn't have any issue bringing him in he wasn't really on my radar but the two seconds of research I've done since you mentioned it he looks alright <laughs> what a way to describe it um, yeah nah not for me Sinclair and Wanganin Miller are their go to ball users back there and teams aren't going to keep letting the Saints play the way they have been to that uh, to the level like the level they have been and yes yeah, Stockers scores will be the ones to drop um, yeah because Wanganin Miller and Sinclair are still the guys they want with the ball yeah yeah fair enough but yeah nice nice shout uh, well yeah if that's all the trade targets uh, yeah Miller you got the captain options for us so how'd you go first of all how'd you go last week uh, I your... haven't run the stats but I'm guessing not very well um, yeah, I had guys like, uh, like Tom Green and, um, I can't remember. Errol. Errol. There you go. You had Tom Green, Zach Merritt, yeah, Errol, okay. Doherty was shit-ass, Dunkley was shit-ass. Dunkley was okay-ish, didn't he? Like a shit-ass. Okay, yeah, it's not horrible. Sorry. It's not disgusting, what did but it's not good. Get? It's not good. Apparently, yeah, a shout-out to, um, to Calvin, this captain's luck is harder than it seems. Did not do very well. Merritt had a hundred on the dot. Yeah. So no, nothing good. Um, yeah, my process or lack thereof. We'll have a crack for this week. What yeah. Well, um, someone was asking me the other day. They're like, "Oh, what data do you use for your captains?" I thought, "Data? What is this?" I just pull up the fixture and kind of reckon stuff. Um, and speaking of which, here's a here's a tangent for you. Uh, pulled up the fixture this afternoon, and they've got a big picture of uh, Nathan Broad um, from his tribunal appearance and he's got that horrible kind of slug of, uh, of grippo all over the front of his jumper and every time I see that it looks it just looks gross um, I I really like footy jumpers I think they're, they're fantastic and I think to, to ruin them by having that freaking bit of glue or whatever it is right on the front um, it just looks like they've been jizzed on uh, yeah, it's horrible. Um, I don't know if you guys have got opinions on the, the fact that people wear Grippo right in the middle of their chest. Give us your captains, mate. 
Okay. Um, you, know, you want to talk about pine cones for 10 hours, but no one wants to talk about that. Yeah. Segways are cool. If we make a Patreon, we'll talk about Grippo. Okay, cool. No Grippo. <laughs> All right. Um, starting off, I think uh, you could VC Dunkley against his old team. He could go big. Uh, quite like that option. Uh, there's also the Dacos option against Richmond. Uh, that's that's another one for your VCs that I quite like. Taranto, I'm less keen on, uh, but he's not too bad. LDU against the Hawks is going to go massive. Uh, I... Finn McGuinness? Finn McGuinness um, yeah, as a tagger. Yeah, I've got a bit of insight on that. Ooh, go on. So um, he, play, he actually played as like a pure wingman for most of the game on Sunday, and he was awful at it because he's really not that good at actually footy. He can just run and follow people. Um, so if he's in the squad, I think we sort of got enough of a look last week that he'll be tagging. Otherwise, they'll just play Nash or someone else in there, um, and he, he won't play, I would have thought. And obviously Simpkins out, so he he will definitely go to LDU if he is playing. Oh, okay, well, that's interesting. Uh, that is one to keep a watch on. Yes, if McGinnis plays, you could change it up. Uh, where were we? Oh yeah, Laird in the showdown. I quite like the look of uh, the Cats against Gold Coast. Was something that I toyed with. But the Cats haven't really got anyone to come out and dominate in the midfield against the crappy Gold Coast. Uh, the Sydney guys I wouldn't touch against Melbourne. And Fremantle versus West Coast should be interesting. And I quite like Darcy, if he's going to play enough ruck time, which is a question mark, to come out and dominate the ruckless West Coast because that Bailey Williams can't ruck to save his life. Yeah, captaining Darcy would be one of the craziest things you could possibly do, but I can kind of see it. What about Brayshaw? Yeah, I don't mind Brayshaw. He hasn't... I'd have to double-check his numbers, but I don't think he's set the world on fire. And West Coast weren't terrible last week in the in the kind of mid-coast. They didn't give huge numbers up to the, uh, the Giants like I thought they would. But again, that was probably because of the tag that we discussed. So I'm not as big on midfielders against West Coast as I was last week. I kind of learnt my lesson from that. But yeah, if you've got Brayshaw, and I don't think he's hugely highly owned... Um, you could definitely give it a whirl. It was, yeah, 122 for him last week. That's big enough. And will Laird dominate against Port? Uh, I think he could well come out and make a statement. I know those teams like to go big against each other. Uh, and, yeah, I don't mind the Hawk, the um, Crows against Port this week. Port are uh, they did, uh, really hard to score against, uh, as a general rule, in fantasy. They, yeah, they did tag Laird last year, but he still got 116. But weren't there a heap of pies that went big against them last week? Uh, not actually that many. Okay. Dacos was the main one. Uh, and then side by uh, Titch, 98. Dacos, 96. Adams, 88. So they were all, like, good, but not, like, huge. That's good for the pies, Would you yeah. throw McRae a lifeline, or is he I written off? I would not. Uh, not a captaincy lifeline. I might throw him a lifeline in, ca- in terms of not trading him out. I considered that for a while, but um, yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't stick to C on him or the VC yeah. even. Do you have a plan of what you're doing specifically? Uh, yes, I will probably go Dunkley into LDU, provided McGuinness doesn't nice. come in. Nug. Uh, so I actually wanted to ask you about the VC though. So I've got Dunkley or Bont. So I think Bont is due for an absolutely monster game. 
I want to ask you a bit, this might get you right up a bit, I want to ask you a bit about Dunkley's character and how you think he'll go with the criticism oh, of playing his old, his old club. There's some... St- uh, I've got to be careful here. I've got to be very careful. There's some stuff that Just I probably can't... Nah, there's, nah, I mean, like, the stuff probably can't say. But I think he'll leave the ground crying after Lib is done with him after 10 minutes, so... 10 minutes. Uh, nah, yeah, nah. I do... I did actually have, like, every bit of time for Dunkley until probably, like, December when I was like, actually, you know what? Stuff you. Uh yeah, Bont, though, like, the whole thing is, like, if we play well, Bont's going to play well. And if he plays well, he could be anything. I think Dunkley's going to just come out as, like, a tackling machine. And, yeah, as much as I want to, like, poke fun at him or whatever, he's still a gun. And I think he, he's, there's been times before, like, for us when he needed to stand up and he stood up every time. And, I mean, the Lions don't really need him to stand up. They'll belt us anyway, but okay. he's probably, he's probably going to come out firing i would say yeah all right well then my plan will be dunkley into i think i'm gonna go with dacos on the friday nice. yeah fair i'm gonna throw mccray a lifeline bevo bevo saying in his press conference he's gonna do something innovative this week was kind of the funniest thing i've ever read uh yeah, he's captain innovation sorry it's quite cool. love like i would love to know what he's saying at the club this week uh, if he's trying, if he thinks he's being innovative, because he's bloody batshit crazy Small already. Small potato into the midfield. Um, yeah, yeah. Who knows? And then, uh, yeah, I'll go day. I can. I'll go day cost on the Friday night. He should be one fifteen for sure against the Tigers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The last thing we had was questions, but I mean there wasn't many. But yeah, Did let's shred any? through them. And yeah, we've got five here. We're yeah. a few. Uh, all right, so Fossey currently have no strong captain options in the midfield. Is it more important to get a caption op- captain option this week, uh, Brayshaw, Crouch, Kelly, plus a rookie, or continue fixing mid-prices? Bruin and Callahan to Zeeble and Stocker. What do you reckon, Miller? Definitely captain option, but I wouldn't come go Kelly off his uh, concussion. Dope. Uh, yeah, for me, I'm going to say the opposite and say fix those mid-prices this week and then get your captain option uh, next week. Yeah, I think even see who, if you can have a VC on Thursday, see how they go, um, provided they go well, you can back in the mid-prices, but I would lean towards that way anyway. Bruin and Callahan are both a sinking ship, if you ask me. Um, yep. I'd, be, I'd be wanting to get off them as quick I'm as possible. I'm going to have to get off Callahan, unfortunately, myself. Yeah. Um, Alright, hate it or rate it. I like that for a segment a segment named Lockie. We might steal that one. Um, McRae to Setterfield and Cowan to Stocker. What do you reckon? Hate it. Do not touch Stocker. Uh, as I said, um, Wanganine, Miller and Sinclair are their go-tos back there. They're like, as soon as the Saints defender's scoring comes down, Stocker's will come down a ton. He's not worth it at all. But yeah, I love McRae to Setterfield, even though I'm giving... I could do that and I'm not, but... Yeah. I don't actually rate the McRae to Setterfield part. I don't mind the stocker part, but I don't think it's time to jump off McRae just yet. I think two weeks of data, not quite enough. If I had three weeks of data, I'd probably jump off him, but two is a little short. Yeah, I think with McRae, I'd probably give him one more because obviously we don't know what is going to do with his innovation plan or whatever he's got planned. <laughs> um, if it's something different to last week and that means McRae goes back in and 
I don't know what else he could do. Maybe he puts Baz Smith at halfback. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I'd give, I'd give McRae one more week. He had 73 playing as almost a full-time forward, so I don't think he's going to go and give you a 40 and absolutely ruin your season. Give him one more week, and if he's still not in the middle, then you can happily ship him off knowing you made the right decision. Yeah, I agree. And if he plays that much uh, forward time again next week, he's going to be pretty close to getting forward status in round six as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Hawker asks, is J-Lo going to play Big Darcy mostly in the ruck this week? What do you reckon, Miller? I've got no idea what J-Lo's going to do. I certainly hope so. Um, I definitely didn't work last week. I've seen a lot of talk about how he's trying to manage them because they're both worth so much and they've both got to get equal time in the ruck and he doesn't know what he's doing with those two. But, yeah, I Big Sean can't really do anything else. I'd hope he's going to be mostly in the ruck. Big Sean. That's a wrapper, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Yeah. I kind of gave my thoughts on that before. I think he will with five back in. Yeah, I agree. Um, Hawker again, do you think Bevo will be innovative enough to play players in their correct positions? I'll just say something on that. Players at AFL clubs, you sort of like everything that you were and are as your position can be changed like that. And it's not really like you have, you have a position that you're most used to and that you've played the most, but you don't have like one correct position, I'll say. Yeah, I think we're just as likely to see... Bevo be smart as we are to see the starting on-ball crew being English, Rory Lobb, Norton, and Josh Bruce. So, yeah, who knows what Bevo is going to do. Yeah. But, yeah, I agree with you. He's going to lie on the team sheet, that's for sure. Yeah. So whatever comes out of Wednesday, oh, yeah. super wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, lads, lads, what do you guys think of Bont to Setters and Miller to Zeeble? I wouldn't be jumping off Bond, but I love Miller to Zebul. Yeah. Miller is, a, yeah, I don't think Miller is that great. So Zebul's good. Yeah, Bond, uh, yeah, I probably wouldn't jump off Bond either, but it's not bad. Yeah, I think um, with Bond, we sort of picked him. Like, it's not like we paid Rory Laird money. We paid bloody I don't know Sam Doherty money. Um, we picked him as an underpriced premium, and now. He's served up two 90s in two pretty bad losses. I'd be pretty keen to see what he can do from here as long as the Bulldogs turn it around. What do you think, Doe? Uh, yeah, he, I mean, you covered it perfectly, so I yep. agree with you. Cool. Um, all right, last thing we have to do before we sign off, lads. How did we all go in the Content Creators Cup old uh, Tim Guest League this week? How did you guys go? Yeah, big shout out to Infinite Wealth. I was playing Louis, and Louis also had a shit week, but because I had a shite week, I still lost by 80 points. So, yeah. Miller? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I lost as well. I don't, I certainly didn't go that well. Let me pull up the fixtures. Yeah, you did. Yeah. You lost, lost to Nathan. Oh, that's right. I lost to a dirty old Obermullet. He's not even in the country. You shouldn't count. Yeah. No, you um, took down a hat chatter. I did. I played uh, Jake from uh, Dunkley's Donuts. Absolutely gave him the business by 70 points. 
Um, yeah, I think I was second top scorer for the league, so you can all stick that where the sun don't shine. Yeah, the, the interesting thing about that, from when I checked it on Sunday, was most of the podcast stars, for lack of a better word, had pretty average weeks. Like, there's no massive scores there. Yeah, yeah. so maybe maybe when everything goes back to normal, we'll just be average as per. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> Even the traders didn't do very well, did they? Like, yeah. they're all low 200s, 2000s. Do they ever do well? Uh, sometimes. Generally towards the end of the season, I think they have average weeks, most weeks. How about the bold predictions team? Uh, so, actually, a bloody monster week. So Ooh. they... Oh, yeah, we had Laird. Yeah, Laird is captain, nice. too. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we got that one doubled. We scored 2,091. Dude, that's um, pretty good. And our rank came in about 10,000 spots, so we're sitting at just under 12,000. That's a good week. Yeah, go team. Yep. Bet. Are we in any leagues? No, we're not. Oh, well, we should see if we can. Well, I think we're in the round three. I think we're in the GWS. That I, <laughs> I said we're a supporter no. of, but uh, other than that, no, no leagues. We're reaching that much competition. We should have got one, a so. got a league together with us three and the and the BEP team. Oh yeah, they <laughs> would absolutely smoke us. Those BEP probably guys. would. Yeah, fans know better than yep. us. But, uh, yeah, without further ado, that will wrap up the episode. We went well over the time that we were planning on recording for, so hope you enjoyed. Uh, it was pretty... I think we got through a bit of good content in that episode, so, yeah. Yep. Uh, from me, that's it. Peace out, Beppers. Stay off the gripper, kids. Yep, see you guys. See you, bye. Yep.